Turn to your neighbor and greet them, Emmanuel. Give your neighbor a handshake, say Emmanuel. Give your other neighbor a handshake, say Give the neighbor behind you a handshake, say Emmanuel. Give the neighbor in front of you a handshake, say Emmanuel. And greet the viewers all over the world on Emmanuel TV. Emmanuel! God is with Now, whilst you are still standing, I want you to ask a very simple question to your neighbor. Just turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. I want to hear you say, neighbor. Are you prepared for what you are praying for? To turn to the other neighbor, the other neighbor, ask them the same question. Say, neighbor. Neighbor. Are you prepared for what you are praying for? Now, turn to the viewers, face the viewers, say, viewers. Viewers. Are you prepared for what you are praying for? Do you know the reason I'm asking you this question? Because I want to assure you today. That your prayers and tears of many years are not lost. I mean, your case has been set aside for the special attention of Jesus. I mean, you have been positioned to accomplish your destiny. Breakthrough is your portion. Abundance is your portion. Fruitfulness is your portion. In the name of Jesus Christ and the people of God said, you may have your seats in the presence of God. Now, we were all very, very excited, eager and quick to shout amen to these declarations. But there's something I want you to take note of. Yes, indeed, the blessings are ready for you. But are you ready for them? Think about this question very well. I will repeat it once again. The blessings are ready for you. They are on the table. The question is, are you ready for them? I know some of you will be looking at me and saying, well, of course I'm ready. Brother Chris, what kind of question is this? I traveled all the way from my country. Do you know how much my flight ticket was to be here because I'm ready for these blessings? Do you know how many years I've suffered in my family? Curses of limitation and backwardness. Do you know how many places and churches I've gone to from left, right and center? Yes, of course I'm ready for the blessings. That's why I'm here. But the reason 
reason I am asking this question is that it is very common today for people to seek God for things they are not yet mature enough to manage. L let me repeat that. I said it is very common today for people to come to church to seek the face of God for something they are not yet spiritually mature enough to manage. They are asking God for something their spiritual life is not yet strong enough to accommodate. So the blessing, yes, is released, but it may not be received. Because God is not going to give you something you are not yet mature enough to manage and maintain. Turn to your neighbor, say, neighbor, check yourself. Turn to your other neighbor, say, neighbor, check yourself. Because the blessings are ready for you. They're waiting for you. You listen to the testimonies. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the living water, is present in our midst to meet you at the point of your needs. But are you ready for them? Sometimes it may seem as if our prayers are not answered or the results of our prayers are delayed in coming because God is busy preparing you for what you are praying for. Never forget that God is not as interested in our present comforts as He is in our eternal glory. Now, take notes. I'm not saying that God is not interested in your present comfort. No. The promise of God is for you to prosper. The plan of God is for you to enjoy the abundance, the, the, the fulfillment of His promises, to enjoy the full rights and privileges of being a child of the Most High God. But He's more concerned about your eternal states than your present comforts. So I'll ask the question again. Do you want to prosper? I want to hear you very loudly. Do, do you want to prosper? Yes. You want to prosper in your finances? Yes. You want to prosper in your marriage? Yes. You want to prosper in your family? Yes. You want to prosper in your business? Yes. Then let me give you this simple secret. Get this revelation planted in your hearts. The first place you must prosper is your spiritual life. Because your spiritual life 
is the engine that carries your success. Turn to your neighbor, say neighbor, say neighbor, the first place you must prosper is your spiritual life. Because your spiritual life, I want you to hear you say it, say because your spiritual life is the engine that carries your success. I hope you understand people of God. And I want to be very clear. When I say, uh, do you want to prosper? I'm not talking about prosperity as defined by society or by the world, just by material things. I'm talking about prosperity with, with peace of hearts. Prosperity with internal joy. Prosperity with the assurance of life. The security of God's presence. As Joshua 1 verse 9 says, not just success, but good success. This is available for you. When you are ready to prosper first in your spiritual life. This is how to pray and receive answer. The secret is, is simple. Look after your relationship with God and let God look after the results of your prayers. Look after your relationship with God and He will look after the results. This will bring us to the title of today's message. Relationship before results. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor. Say neighbor. Seek your relationship with God first. Before results. People of God, Christianity is a relationship. The main thing about Christianity is it's not just the work we do. It's not the, the church services we attend or the amount of prayers we pray or the songs we sing or the miracles we receive, the healing, blessing, deliverance we receive. This is all wonderful, but that's not the main thing about Christianity. The main thing about Christianity is our relationship with Jesus. Nothing is more important than our relationship with Jesus. Quickly turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, which will be the proof text for today's message. Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to go straight to verse 19 and read from there. And Apostle Paul says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Now listen to this. With Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. I repeat once again. With Christ Jesus himself 
as the chief cornerstone. In Him, the whole building is joined together. In Him, in Him we live, in Him we move, in Him we have our being. It's the main thing about Christianity. In Him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. What I'm emphasizing here is very simple. Nothing is more important than our relationship with Jesus. Your relationship with Jesus is more important than what you are praying for today. Is it healing? Is it deliverance? Is it breakthrough? Is it peace in, in your family, your marriage? Is it fruitfulness in the place of barrenness? Yes, that's important. Yes, they're available. But what is more important is your relationship with Jesus. This is the thing God asks us to look after. And it is the only thing that is being continually attacked. Our, our relationship with God. Satan will be moving around. The Bible describes him like a, a lion moving around, seeking whom he may devour, trying to disconnect your relationship with Jesus. Even as you're sitting here in the church today, you're here in the house of God. So far as you took that step to be here in the house of God, Satan will try to distract your mind. Put something in your heart to not listen to the message, to be distracted, to be overwhelmed. Oh, how, how, why, why did they treat me like this when I was outside? What is the meaning of this? Do you know how many hours I've traveled to be here? You are meditating on this as the word of God is being preached. How do you expect to receive what God has promised you? Satan is fighting your relationship with God. And this is the irony. For many of us, the very thing we are praying for God to give us is the same thing Satan will use to attack our relationship with God. Can you see the reason why God must prepare you for what you are praying for? I'll repeat that again. Many of us, what we are here praying for today, asking God to release into our lives today, is the very same thing Satan will use to attack our relationship with him, with God. Let, let, me, let me try and be practical. Many of us are here seeking the face of God for one need or the other. Be it physical, emotional, marital, mental, spiritual, just name it. We're here in the church seeking the face of God. But by the time our needs are met, we may likely forget the source of our blessing. By the time our problems are solved, we may be quick to forget the source of our blessing. Why? Because we became so busy with the blessing that we forget the giver. We become so overexcited at the results that we forget the relationship with God. 
And, and God knows this. God knows that success has many dangers of its own. All high places are slippery places. God knows by the time we get to the top, it's common for our spiritual life to gradually begin to deteriorate. Why? Because pleasure takes our hearts, our loyalty away from God and we become lukewarm in our Christian walk. Compromise, complacency. This is the reason why God will take his time in considering your request because he's busy preparing you for what you are praying for. Because he's more concerned about your relationship with him than the results of those prayers. Now, let, 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 me, let me be very practical here. I'll come out to the front. Let, let me give you an example of what many of us will be doing. We are here in the church today asking God for something. Let's just use this fruit as an example. We are asking God to give us all of this fruit. Because that's human beings. We want more. Even if we receive more, we want more. We want to, you know, we are like Oliver Twist. Please, sir, can I have some more? That, that is our life. So we are asking God, God, give me this fruit. I don't know what it may represent in your own life. It could be a healing. It could be a, a breakthrough. It could be a promotion. But we're asking God, please, God, give this to me. You're seeking His face for thing. Do you know what God is going to do? You're looking for all this fruit. God will first of all give you one apple and see how you manage it. You're asking for all of this, but God wants to see your attitude, your response, your reaction when he just gives you one. Because many times, just little blessing that comes our way and you that were the first person in church, you that were so fervent in your Christian life, just one blessing that comes your way. Before you know it, you become too busy for God. You no longer give your quality time to God. Even if you come to the church, you arrive late and you leave early. As the, the, the minister of God is preaching, do you know what many people are doing? They're quickly checking their watch. He should be fast too. And I, <laughs> I have this meeting. He should be fast. As the sermon is going on, your phone rings. One phone here, another phone here. By the time you know, you have four phones. Can you answer four people at the same time? Just one blessing. When you come to church, you expect the minister of God to plan his program to suit your own personal timetable. You that before were the first person here. You were joining the work of God, helping the ushers, helping this. But before you know it, you become too busy. Pride steps in. Because pleasure is often accompanied by pride. And the very thing that God gave you has become the very thing that has taken you away from Him. How do you expect God to 
give you the rest. How? And do you know what happens to so many of us? Just the one we receive, by the time it's, it takes us away from God, suddenly something happens. Woo! The blessing scatters. Blessing is scattered. The, the little that you had is gone. Thank you, brother. See, it's scattered. It's gone. It's even broken. See, look, the blessing is scattered. Everything is broken. At that moment, you begin to say, ah, let me go back to God. You run back. <laughs> you run back. The blessing is broken. It's scattered. You're back to square one. You've not maintained what you've received. You've not managed it. You come back. God, please give me this fruit. How will God give you something that will, at the end of the day, become a source of temptation to your life? Do you not realize that God, He's, he's the owner of all these fruits? He's the, he can give everything. He can give you this. He can give you this. He can give you this. He can give you everything more than your, your heart could dream or desire. But he's more concerned about your relationship with him. So by the time the blessing comes, it will not take you away from him. Let me, let me give you another practical example. Do you know that today, many people, when little blessing comes their way, they change their environments. They change the people they are moving with because the blessing that you are seeking from God is accompanied by new responsibilities, new connections, and new temptations. And these things are capable of robbing you of the joy of that position unless your spiritual life is secure. When blessing comes our way, a bit of breakthrough, the business starts booming, we move environments. We change the people we're moving with. Before you were living in a poor area, you moved to the rich area. Before you didn't used to socialize in these kind of gatherings and parties, before you know it, your, your address book is filled with different appointments, going to places where they are celebrating worldly concerns. Worldly commitments, the lures and cares of the world quickly occupy our hearts and our spiritual life begins to deteriorate. I want, just think about this. If you are poor and God blesses you and you now move to the rich area, who is going to help the poor people? When the Bible says you are blessed to bless others. Today, if you look at society, the rich are getting richer and it seems the poor are getting poorer. Let, let me use Prophet T.B. Joshua as a very wonderful example in this regard. All of us here are a witness to this. For the 30 years that we have been witnessing this ministry, the Synagogue Church of All Nations, this ministry has been located here in this environment of Ekotun Egbe. 30 years! Do you not think that the man of God, he didn't have any other 
to move the ministry to a richer or a more affluent or a better environment. No! He had every resources. From human points of view, this is not the ideal location for a mega church. From the human points of view, this is a difficult place to get. There are many challenges, many obstacles, many things that would be easier in another environment. But Prophet TB Joshua listens to the voice of God, not the direction of blessing. If you listen to what the blessing is telling you, the blessing will say, why don't you go to the rich area? You'll be able to attract more people. It'll be easier for people of a certain class and caliber to attend. But God said, stay here in a cartoon egg day. And do you know, you, you, you're all witness to this. Apart from the spiritual blessings that are poured out week in, week out from people coming from all over the world, do you know that this entire area, the entire surrounding environment here, thousands of people, their livelihood depends on this ministry. As you are talking right now, they are doing business outside. The hotels are full. The restaurants are full. The markets are full. Why? Because Prophet C.B. Joshua understands we are blessed to bless others. But today, little blessing comes our way. We move. We forget where we're coming from. We leave. People of God, I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. You know, I said something at the very beginning. I said the first place you are to prosper is your spiritual life. Why? Because your spiritual life, your relationship with God is the engine that carries your success. Now take that image and try to practicalize it. Take that scenario and think about it practically. If you prosper financially without prospering spiritually, it's like owning a beautiful car with no engine. It may look beautiful, it may look neat, you may show off it to people, but it's worthless because it cannot go anywhere. Its real value is lost. Its true purpose is missing. It's just become a fashion parade. This is the case of someone who prospers financially without prospering spiritually. You may see them with money. They have money, yet unanswered questions in their life. They have riches, but they are still complaining of what they do not have. In their privates, when the lights are switched off and no one's looking, they cry for what they do not have and parade their car with no engine. What am I saying, brethren? How will I conclude this message? Turn with me in your Bibles 
as I bring this message to a conclusion. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. And the Bible says this, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? of God, don't get your hands dirty for the sake of something that cannot guarantee eternity. Don't get your hearts dirty for the sake of someone who does not hold your destiny. If, if your hands are full of money, your, your head is full of information, but your heart is empty. Then your life is empty. So why can't we take Jesus' counsel in that book of Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus simply said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for the relationship with God, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for salvation, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for their love for Christ, for they shall be filled. And when you make God your heart's delights, you will have your heart's desires. In God's time, in His way, and for His glory. This is how to pray and receive answer. Put relationship before results. Look after your relationship with God and let God look after the results. May God bless His word in the midst of our hearts in Jesus' name.